Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mitzi, and this is Mitzi. Let's think about it. Today, we are having a special guest here, Michelle, and we're going to be discussing and we're going to be thinking about why am I hungry? Michelle, if you don't mind introducing yourself. Sure. So, my name is Michelle May. I am a retired family physician. I retired early so I could focus fully on this other career path, which is helping people heal their relationship with food and their bodies. Mm -hmm. So I was a family practice physician by training and did that for 16 years. But all the time I was in high school and college and even medical school, I had this dirty little secret. I was struggling with disordered eating, yo-yo dieting, body image issues. And it was only until I began talking to lots and lots of other people in my medical practice that I finally figured out that I wasn't alone and that many, many people struggle with this. Mm -hmm. So once I was able to finally resolve the problems for myself, I really became passionate about coaching and working with other people who were struggling with food in their body. Mm, that's good. I think you're like many people that are just listening because a lot of people, they don't know that other people are struggling with something until they start hearing it from other people's mouths and realizing, you know what, this is a bigger issue than what I thought, or this isn't as a bigger issue than what I'm perceiving it to be. Yeah. So, well, and I think with eating and food, body image, things like that, I think a lot of, especially binge eating occurs in secret. So people, don't talk about it to other people. They don't realize that other people do similar behaviors. And so they feel more isolated and that, you know, isolation is a very powerful emotional trigger for more eating. So that's one of the reasons that you and I are talking about this today is that we want to bring this out of the dark and really help people understand that there's reasons you do what you do. And there are ways to begin to heal your relationship with food. Yeah, that's very true. And what would be some of the reasons that we kind of binge eat and we kind of isolate ourselves so that we can get a temporary comfort and a temporary pleasure that doesn't really last for a very long time? Yeah, great question. So I know, Mitzi, that you have a a little boy, and I think it's important to realize that all of us are initially born with the ability to manage our eating effortlessly. You know from feeding your baby that he knows when he needs fuel, he knows when he's hungry, and he'll stop eating naturally when he's had enough food. Mm -hmm. And he eats what he likes, and especially as we get a little bit older, toddlers and what have you have food preferences. So that's the instinct distinctive way that all of us were born to manage our eating. But as we grow, we might learn other ways to use food. So a simple example, if we're still talking about young children is sometimes parents will feed them when they're bored or feed them to stop them from crying, even if they're not actually hungry. So children may inadvertently learn that food is a way to comfort themselves or to get mom's attention, for example. Uh, as they get a little bit older, maybe parents force them to clean their plate and then reward them with dessert. And so children can unlearn their natural fullness signals by thinking that, oh, if I eat all my food, I'm a good boy. And then I get rewarded with more food. Mm -hmm. So that happens early on. I think many of us also, and this can happen in childhood as well, but it can happen at any point during our lives. We begin to learn that food can comfort us. It it can entertain us. It can soothe us. It can cause us to 
feel distracted when we're distressed, maybe anger or loneliness, other kinds of emotions. And so we begin to associate eating with feeling better. Feeling better is a good instinct. I mean, that's something that we all as humans should want is to feel our very best. It's just that food only works temporarily. And then whatever the emotional trigger was is still there. And now we also feel full and maybe regretful. So I think there's a lot of reasons that people learn to eat when they're not hungry. And I think one of the secret reasons, one of the things that many people do not know about, which is something we need to think about is the fact that restriction and deprivation from dieting is another very powerful emotional trigger for more eating. Mm -hmm. So if someone's struggling with eating, they might feel bad about that and then try a diet to solve the problem. And oftentimes diets actually make people want to eat more. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how it is with me. As soon as I put my frame of mind into a diet mode, it goes into a panic mode. That's exactly what it automatically goes to. It's like, oh, I can't eat this. I can't eat this. I can't eat this, but that's all I want now. And I focus on that and it stresses me out. So I had to learn that instead of saying I'm on a diet, I just say, I'm not going to just eat that today. So I trick myself like I can't eat it if I want to eat it, but I'm just not going to eat it. I'm going to eat this instead. So I have to like reframe my mind to actually do the right thing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you know, that's not really tricking yourself. That's actually the truth. And that's one of the things that we teach people is all foods are allowed. There are no foods that are off limits. And just like you realized, if we make foods bad and good and and we make ourselves bad or good, depending on what we ate, then food becomes this whole love hate relationship. The truth is, if you want to eat something, you can, and you are also in charge of deciding no, not today or not now. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to eat something that's going to leave me feeling better, or I'm going to wait and eat that later when I will enjoy it more mm -hmm. and so forth. So it's really not a trick. It's, as you said, it's a reframe. It's simply recognizing that we are in charge of our eating and we don't need to be in control of our eating. I know it's a subtle difference, but being in charge means you're making decisions, being in control is all about willpower and resistance. And that's hard. Yeah, it really is. I sometimes I feel like I have to like rebel just to feel that I'm in control. And I think that's the problem is that certain people, they only feel control when it comes to food and choices. Like that's the only area where they have a choice in or a say in. But in reality, people have more choices than that. And I think once people start realizing that, that they have more power and more areas in their lives where they can actually have a say and have power and, and that and feel like they have that control, that they would take that and reframe their mind into a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. We have a saying, how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. And what we mean by that is similar to what you're talking about. So my specialty area is mindful eating. Mm -hmm. And I work with people on eating, physical activity, self-care, body image. But what we teach actually are basic principles that people learn to apply to all kinds of areas in their lives. I mean, one of the things people will often say at the end of a workshop or a retreat or coaching with me is 
this wasn't about the food, was it? Mm-hmm. It's like, nope, it wasn't. It was always about learning how to be in charge of the decisions that you're making for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm realizing that now. I'm really realizing that now. And that you can really put those principles in different areas in your life that you may struggle in that you didn't even realize was a problem. You know, like I was having a conversation similar to this about money, and it's not that money is a problem, it's our outlook on money that's a problem. And it's not food the problem, it's our outlook on food that's a problem. And that's very true. And I think the one thing that I still have a problem with is body image. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people that are listening probably have that problem too. So in your perspective, how do you put that in your body image? Because I feel like that is just a hard one that it just doesn't click yet. Yeah, you're so right. So we live in diet culture. In diet culture, we have this belief system that people are in charge of how they look, that you can sculpt your body any way you want if you have enough willpower and enough will to do it, and that we should all somehow look about the same size and same shape. We're bombarded with images of what that should be. And so we grow up with this idea that somehow we are flawed, that we're not good enough, that our body isn't right, or it doesn't fit in, or it's not beautiful or sexy or acceptable. Or as we get older, we even start thinking the same thing about our health because diet culture also fools us into believing that everybody can be healthy if they just eat this and not that and exercise the right amount. And that we all are able to control all of these factors. The truth is that it does help to eat a balanced diet and definitely helps to move our bodies and practice self-care. But there are a lot of factors that go into body size and shape not the least of which is genetics, social determinants of health, uh, yo-yo dieting can affect the way our bodies appear over time, aging, all kinds of things. And what we really need to do is stop looking from the outside for validation that we're okay and start to really understand that from the inside out, we are enough. We are just Find the way that we are. And from that place of full acceptance, we can make decisions about our eating and our physical activity that are about self-care, not about trying to change the way our body looks. No, yeah, I agree. I think the way that you stated it was beautifully said. It really made me reflect and really think about it in a different way because sometimes we do have that hard connection to put it in that way. And it's true. It's honestly really true with how you put it. And I think when we do that yo-yo dieting, when you say that, you mean like on and off dieting, right? That's what you mean by yo-yo dieting? Yes. So think about the way a yo-yo works, right? And I think this term of yo-yo dieting is such a perfect metaphor because you are either on the diet, rolled up tight, trying to control everything. As you said, thinking about food, thinking about what you're allowed to eat, how many calories or carbs or points or whatever it is that you're counting. And then when you can't do that anymore, you start to unravel back down toward the bottom. And at the bottom, you're eating all the things you weren't allowed to eat. And you don't feel satisfied with an amount that was made your stomach full because your head isn't full because you know, you're going to go back on your diet and then you're not going to be allowed to have it anymore. So you have to eat more of it. And many, many of us, myself included for many years, end up going back and forth from on the diet, off the diet, on the diet, off the diet. 
The problem with the yo-yo is it doesn't stop in the middle. There is no in-between as much as we would like to think that we're going to, you know, just do the diet one more time and then I won't do it anymore. That's not ever what happens with it. So what I suggest we do and what might help you, Mitzi, is instead of thinking about a yo-yo, think about a pendulum. So let the yo-yo fall all the way to the bottom and then let it swing from side to side. Now the metaphor is that maybe all the way to the right is eating really good and all the way to the left is binging or not paying any attention to your nutrition, depending on what your situation, we should talk a little bit more about binging in a minute, but anyway, for the metaphor, yes, there are these extremes of eating really well and then not paying attention to it. So remember I said being in control, well, eating really well is all about being in control and monitoring everything and looking things up and writing things down takes a lot of time and energy. And oftentimes it makes us miss the foods that our family loves or the foods that we eat when we go out or the foods that our grandmother makes and so forth. And so then after a period of time, if we, so that's about being in control. If we give up control, oftentimes that pendulum is going to swing all the way to the other side where we feel out of control. And that's what you were describing at the beginning. As soon as you start thinking about restricting and deprivation, there's this feeling I can't control my eating. I can't stop when I'm full and I think about food all the time. Well, if we could stop thinking about trying to be in control and then losing control, a pendulum will lose energy and it starts to follow a smaller arc in the middle. And in that smaller arc, you're in charge of your decisions. So anytime you feel like eating, the first thing to do is pause and ask, well, am I even hungry? Am I physically hungry for fuel? Does my body need this right now? Because if not, then maybe there's some environmental trigger. Other people are eating or it's lunchtime, or maybe there's some emotional reason that I feel like eating. We can start to be in charge of the decisions we make about food and fueling our body and nourishing our lives by beginning to tune into what's really happening at the moment that we feel like eating. Does that make sense? No, that makes perfect sense. That really does. Because the way that you're able to put it, and if you actually seen a pendulum or if you even just rock a, a necklace, whatever, it still does the same concept. You know, if you're trying to hypnotize somebody, you know what I mean? You right. Can- yeah. Thank you for for giving us a visual picture. Yes. (laughs) And so what we're looking for is not for the pendulum to stop dead in the center. We're looking for the flexibility to make decisions depending on what's going on that day or that moment or in our lives at that time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's very perfectly because I'm a visual person. So I always have to put something in a visual sense. So I thank you for that. So to speak about binge eating, how do we necessarily control that aspect. I know you were saying to help, you know, ask yourself, am I hungry? You know, you have to ask yourself these type of questions. So you really understand what's going on. Do you believe that to stop yourself from binge eating the best route to go? Well, I think it's important to clarify a little bit about binge eating. So the term we use binging all the time now in casual conversation, I binge watched this series, I binge watched this show or whatever I, you know, we talk about binge drinking, binge eating. And so I think it's important to realize that a binge when we're talking about food simply means eating more than another person would in a similar circumstance. So for example, we don't often think about binging 
on Thanksgiving Day or while we're watching the Super Bowl because everybody's doing it, right? But a binge for a person on a different day might be eating the whole package of Oreo cookies, for example. That's really the binge. Now, for some people, a binge might just be going off their diet. They weren't supposed to eat Oreo cookies at all, and they ate three of them, and they consider that a binge. So binging in and of itself has a a wide range of definitions. Binge eating disorder is a psychiatric diagnosis. It's an eating disorder that can help be diagnosed by a dietitian or a therapist who specializes in eating disorders and has very specific characteristics in terms of how often it is happening and the consequences. So I just want to differentiate that because if any of you listening feel that it's not that you sometimes binge when you're, you know, stressed out and you just eat too much, but you actually are finding yourself really feeling bad about food, feeling bad about your body, feeling a lot of shame and guilt and depression about your eating, please go and see your doctor, your family doctor, tell them what's going on, ask for a referral to an eating disorder specialist, because this can be treated. Now in my company, we didn't even talk about that, but my company is called am I hungry mindful eating programs and training. The website is amihungry.com, And we do have a program for binge eating disorder. In fact, we're going to run a 10 week virtual program this summer for people who aren't able to meet with us in person, but it's with, along with myself, we have a therapist in the program who helps us work through the deeper psychological reasons why we binge. Mm-hmm. So I want people to understand that it's not just a simple matter of, oh, I feel like eating, you know, I'm going to have three donuts. Sometimes the reason people will binge eat, and especially if they do this on a regular basis, might be that they're trying to escape some really uncomfortable emotions or or uncomfortable thoughts that they're trying to temporarily make themselves feel better. And that's something that we can work on. I will tell you that going on another diet is not going to be helpful. And in fact, in the research that we've done on our program, we know that when people go back to dieting, they go back to binging. It's like two sides of the same coin. Dieting and binge eating seem to go together. So what we have to do is stop trying to fix the food and really try to work on why you're eating in the first place. So we need to stop basically scraping the surface or wiping the surface, thinking that's going to solve the issue. In reality, we have to go deeper. And I think that's the scary part, you know, is that when we go deeper into ourselves, into our self-conscious, you know, we find out things that some people are not prepared to face, you know, well, or not equipped to. So, you know, this is why it's so important to have a coach or a therapist, or, you know, if you have past trauma to get that work done, you know, there's a lot of issues that people feel a lot of personal responsibility and feel greatly stuck. And if they don't reach out and ask for help, they may stay stuck and get worse and worse into the cycle of feeling guilty and shame when in fact Mm -hmm. there is help. And I can just tell you from my work in binge eating that it is absolutely incredible to see people finally feel in charge of their eating and then free up their energy to go live their best life, to live the life they always craved. And so I love that about this kind of work is that 
the work is challenging. It's not easy. And it may feel like you're never going to get better, but I promise you, you absolutely can get better. And that's binge eating. I mean, imagine if maybe you don't even binge eat, but you struggle with overeating or yo-yo dieting. Our work around that is amazing in terms of how it can really shift people's relationship with food and their body. Oh, wow. Yeah. I can see the way that you're just speaking about it. It really has like a different type of like glow, a different energy, just because you seen what you promote actually change people's lives, you know? And I think that's amazing that you were able to not only change it in yourself, but to help other people to have that perspective and be like, you know what? I know I can help somebody else, even Mm -hmm. if it's just one person. And how long have you been doing this now? I've been doing this for 22 years now. Now I, part of it was, I was still practicing medicine. So there was a bit of overlap there, but there came a point many years ago when I realized that as much as I liked being a doctor, that this is my purpose, that I was put on this earth and I had my own disordered eating and have the medical and healthcare and psychology background that put me in the perfect position to be able to write books and speak and teach and coach people about healing their relationship with food. And I'm sure, you know, as you know, and until you've walked this walk yourself, it can be a little challenging to really understand people, but I really feel like I get it and Mm -hmm. I understand and also have developed ways to help people heal. That's awesome. Yeah, you can tell. And I honestly believe that what you're saying is true. You can feel the empathy that you have and that you carry with yourself. And it's great because if I were to go to you, that's the first thing I would want to look for. You know, is that person going to empathize with me? Are they going to take what I have to say into consideration? You know, because it's scary to put yourself out there, you know, and it's nice that you're able to give people a safe zone and a way to change their way of thinking and change their life you know, because that's the biggest thing is this is a way of changing your life by changing the way you think. That's right. That's right. It's transformative. And it really is about the way you think. The problem is because of diet culture and how pervasive it is, many of the people that I work with think there's something wrong with them. They don't realize that diets don't fix this problem. It makes it worse. And so they've stayed trapped sometimes for decades. I'm working with somebody right now who's in her seventies and she's like, I can't cannot believe that nobody told me this before. Why did I waste so much time? And I really empathize because I think so much of what we're being told about food and eating and bodies and exercise. I mean, think about how the message of using exercise as punishment for eating or earning the right to eat. You have to exercise this amount to burn this many calories, or if you were bad and you ate this, then you have to exercise for 45 minutes. That's punishment. Mm-hmm. That's not something that people are going to want to do or seek out because it doesn't sound like something that's joyful and fun and makes you feel better. It sounds like something you want to avoid. Yeah, <laughs> most definitely. Because every time I put it in that perspective, I completely avoided it. I was like, mm. I could do something else with my time. So yes, that's very, very true. And I guess to just wrap up the show, what is some great advice that you can possibly give myself or to my audience and before we completely wrap up the show? I think a great place to start is just with awareness. 
and a really great place to gain awareness around your eating is whenever you feel like eating, just give yourself a little pause. I like to think of a little pause button, right? That we used to have on our VCRs. Yeah. So pause for just a moment and ask yourself, am I actually hungry? And you like metaphors like I do. So imagine if you were driving down the freeway and you suddenly saw a gas station, you wouldn't just pull off and start filling up your tank you check your fuel gauge first. Mm -hmm. So whenever you feel like filling up your tank, pause and check your fuel gauge. Am I actually hungry? Now, if you aren't hungry, you can still eat if you want to, but at least you'll know that you're not eating because you need fuel. You're eating for some other reason. And that's a good place to start. If you notice you aren't hungry, you could eat, or you could say, you know what, let me figure out what's really going on. What am I really needing right now? Because the truth of the matter is if I'm not hungry, then food is not very likely to satisfy this craving that I'm having. That's a wonderful way to start the process. Now, if you start asking yourself, am I hungry before you are eating? And you recognize that a lot of the times you're not, or you are hungry when you start, but you don't stop until you're overly full. That's something that we can help you with. I have tons of free resources and articles on our website, which is amihungry.com. Go there. You can download the first chapter of my book for free, right from the homepage. There's blog posts and articles. I mean, even if all you did was spend a little bit of time just surfing that site and reading the articles that will get you a lot closer to healing than trying one more diet or restricting and depriving ever will. Mm, Thank you for that. Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are trying to find a quick access, since you're already on my page, you can just go directly to special guest, find her beautiful picture. Right under her picture is the link to Am I Hungry? And you'll have access to that. Believe me, I was browsing through her page and it really made me think, you know, it's important that we really ask ourselves these questions. And I think with Michelle, she really helped me question those stigmas and those old thoughts of myself and life and food in a different way that I know that I need to reflect on. And I know that you as well should reflect on as well. We all need to reflect on it because if we have a bad relationship with food, we probably have a bad relationship with something else in our lives as well, you know, so something to think about. (laughs) With that being said, you guys take care. And until next time, bye.